Good morning, church. Good morning. Welcome. We're going to begin our service together as we do every week, reading God's Word to each other, to encourage each other. Um, and just so that we can read together with understanding, um, if you didn't grow up in the church, or maybe you may not know what this word means, you've been saying it all your life. The word hallelujah, if you didn't know, by the way, that word was written in the South because it means y'all praise the Lord. Because in Hebrew, there is a second person plural uh, that's different than, so it's y'all praise the Lord. Would you stand to your feet and let's tell one another, y'all praise the Lord. We're going to read Psalm 149 together. Here we go. Hallelujah. Sing to the Lord a new song. His praise in the assembly of the faithful. Let Israel celebrate its maker. Let the children of Zion rejoice in their king. Let them praise his name with dancing and make music to him with tambourine and lyre. For the Lord takes pleasure in his people. He adorns the humble with salvation. Let the faithful celebrate in triumphal glory. Let them shout for joy on their beds. Let the exaltation of God be in their mouths and a double-edged sword in their hands, inflicting vengeance on the nations and punishment on the peoples, binding their kings with chains and their dignitaries with iron shackles, carrying out the ju judgment decreed against them. This honor is for all his faithful people, Hallelujah. Let's praise the Lord together. And as we sing, we call all of God's creation to bring Him praise. So let's do it at the top of our lungs together. All creatures of our God and King. All creatures of our God and King. Lift up your voice and with us sing. Oh, praise Him. Hallelujah. Thou burning sun with golden Silver moon with softer gleam. Oh, praise him. Oh, praise him. Alleluia. 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 their creator bless and worship him in humbleness oh praise him alleluia praise praise the father praise the son and praise the spirit three in one Oh, praise Him, oh, praise Him, Alleluia, Alleluia, Alleluia. Oh, 
All the redeemed washed by His blood. Come and rejoice in His great love. Oh, praise Him. Alleluia. Christ has defeated every sin. Do you believe it? Cast all your burdens now on Him. Oh, praise Him. Oh, praise Him. Alleluia. 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 He shall return in power to reign. Heaven and earth will join to say, Oh, praise Him. Alleluia. Then who shall fall on bended knee? All creatures of our God and King. Oh, praise Oh, praise Him. Alleluia. Alleluia. Oh, praise Him. Oh, praise Him. Alleluia. Alleluia. Give him praise with hand claps. The Lord is worthy of all honor and praise. These are the days. These are the days of Elijah, declaring the word of the Lord. And these are the days of your servant, Moses, righteousness being restored. And these are days of great trials, of famine and darkness and sore. Still we are the voice in the desert, crying, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Behold, he comes. Riding on the clouds, shining like the sun, at the trumpet call, lift your voice, it's the year of jubilee, out of Zion's hill salvation comes. Let's give hope to each other with these words. And these are the days of Ezekiel. The dry bones becoming as flesh. And these are the days of your servant, David rebuilding a temple of praise. And these are the days of the harvest. The fields are as white as the 
Listen to the choir as they sing.
Welcome, good morning. I'm Pastor Sean, and we are glad that you're here as we gather in God's name to worship Christ alone. Amen? It's good to see you this morning. If you're a guest with us this morning, we're glad that you're here. Uh, in the pew in front of you, there's a little card we call Connect Card. Uh, if you're a guest this, with us this morning, would you take that out this morning? Fill it out. And if this is your first time here today, take it to the Next Steps desk, which is out these double doors. And to the left, we have a gift waiting for you. We want to connect with you and just connect with you to show you all that God's doing here at Hebron Baptist Church and how you might fit in. We also want to welcome our members who are here today and those who, who might be joining us at home, they sick or traveling or, or, or whatever's going on. We welcome you and we are uh, grateful for you all being here this morning. Uh, we want to remind you as an opportunity, as our commitment to one another to participate in worship as we give uh, towards God's kingdom and his work here at Hebron Baptist Church. And so uh, if you'd like to do that, you can do that in a couple different ways. Uh, if you're here in the room, you can give uh, physically. You can go to the black boxes on the back wall there and slip a, a gift uh, to the Lord there. Or you can also, in your, the pew in front of you, is a little QR code. It's a giving code. You can scan that, or you can scan the screen here. You could do that too. It'll take you for a way to give that electronically. Uh, or or you can mail that in P.O. Box 92 Hebrew Kentucky 41048 or drop it by the office uh, Monday through Thursday 9 to 430 and Friday 9 to noon I'm doing hey Alan hey Alan does that every Sunday and so I'm, I'm appreciative of all that he has to say that's a mouthful so I uh, hope you guys feel welcome today today is a special day right because today is a day that we honor mothers right God's special gift to us is our mothers and so today we like the opportunity to honor mothers so if we have uh, all mothers here in the room or maybe if you're watching at home you can stand up in your living room or how you're doing that let's just stand up here because we want to honor you this morning We're so thankful for you all today and thankful that God has gifted us and Hebron Baptist with many wonderful, faithful uh, mothers. And so one of the things that we do every year, and we didn't get to do it a couple times for, through COVID, but we like to honor the mothers who are here. There are some special mothers here. Uh, first of all, we'd like to just recognize a couple different people. But first, we'd like to honor the oldest mother that's here today. Now, we could play the game where we start at age 20 and we could start, at, you know, if you're in your 20s and we could start, you know, your 40s and, you know, we could do that at most churches. But here we got to go way up into the 90s to do that. And uh, as a matter of fact, somebody has a pretty strong uh, stranglehold on this this year because she's 99. And I don't think we have anybody that can beat 99. Can anybody beat 99 a mother here? No, okay, all right. Clara Mae Rowell, stand up. And she will be 100 on, is that, is it October 31st? And so uh, when you're going trick-or-treating, you know 100. Clara May is 100 this year, Lord willing. So we're thankful for her being here today. Now, we also have the newest mother. Now, you notice how we did that, right? We didn't say, what's your age, right? 
We know how to do, play that game. What's the youngest, uh, the newest mother? So if you've had a, uh, a child in the last year, would you stand up? I think we only have one. We have none? Okay. No mothers in the last year? Okay. So the last two years. Oh, okay. All right. We've got a, how old is yours? Two. He's right at two? Okay, we've got a winner right over here. All right, now we're going to do the most children, most children, okay? So if you have, let's just kind of speed it up a little bit. If you have five or more children, would you stand? Five or more. Five or more. Do I have anybody behind me? Okay. All right, how many? Five. Six? Six. Okay. We got a tie. Two sixers. Congratulations. We were prepared for that. We were prepared for a tie. If we'd gone to a three-way tie, we might have had to, I don't know, do a... Solomon test or so I don't know what we would have done <laughs> most grandchildren most grandchildren so look again I'm not playing games here if you've got 15 or more grandchildren stand up 15 or more <laughs> there we go Well, praise God for how all the ways that God has blessed us and uh, is blessing Hebrew and Baptist, and, and we're so thankful for mothers, and so um, I promise I'm going to give this back to Kay. I see y'all staring at this Chick-fil-A card. You know, the pastor's in the Chick-fil-A, you know, got to watch that, but I'll give this to Kay for next year, or for Father's Day, right, Kay? Well, we are thankful for what God's done uh, through our mothers, so let me do a, a prayer for mothers today, Okay. Heavenly Father, we are so thankful for uh, our mothers. God, it is in them that we see their, your sacrificial, loving care. God, they are gifts to us in many ways. And Lord, we are thankful. And I know the ladies, the mothers here, my own mother, those who have uh, mothers who are away, uh, we have wonderful, godly Mothers, that the children can rise and call them blessed. And Lord, I'm thankful uh, for these women, not just my own mother and grandmothers, but the, the women who have been faithful to the church uh, in, my, in my life, who have shown what it means to love Jesus, uh, to love their families, and be an example to love their church. Lord, we are thankful for those that you have blessed us with here at Hebrew Baptist. And Lord, I pray a special encouragement, Lord, to those who may be uh, remembering or missing a mother who's in heaven today. Lord, I just pray that you would meet with them and, and just encourage them with the hope of the gospel that Jesus Christ died so that we might live and that, that knowing this, that their mother is a believer in Jesus Christ, uh, I pray would give encouragement to their souls. I pray, Lord, that you would encourage them during this day. And Lord, I pray for those who maybe 
who, were, uh, who never really had a good relationship with their mother or estranged from their mother. Lord, I, I just encourage them with the words of Jesus that, that the, these are your sisters and mothers, that this, those in the family of God can be the mother to these people. And Lord, that the pain and, and sorrow they may have, I pray that you would meet with them the joy that comes in knowing Jesus and knowing that they've been given a family of believers that can encourage them during those days. Lord, I pray for the mothers here that may be experiencing loss, that maybe they are, uh, have experienced the hardest thing that a mother could experience, the loss of a child, or, or maybe that, that one uh, that, uh, was, uh, that died in the womb. Lord, I pray uh, that you would meet with these mothers today uh, with the encouragement of grace, knowing that you love them, and Lord, that you are over all things and care for them. And Lord, I just am thankful uh, that, Lord, you can meet with us in all the emotions that we have today. That we're not just here to celebrate, but for those who mourn and those who lament. And Lord, I just am thankful for the hope that we have in the gospel. Forgive us, Lord, for those as we don't, uh, you've called us to obey our fathers and mothers and that we, in many ways, have, have disobeyed this. And Lord, it is, a, it is a symptom of the sin that is in us to reject authority. And I pray for those of us who have uh, disobeyed our mothers and not respected them in the ways that we should. But God, that when we go there, that we are met with the hope of the gospel. That God, even in our failures, you are great. Because you, your son Jesus Christ, has laid down his life for us that we have hope and faith in him, that we are forever forgiven, and that it is even in that, in our darkest sins, that you meet us and forgive us. Lord, thankful for our hope in the gospel, and may we live in it as we worship and continue worshiping. May that be our hope, in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. And for those who struggle in this life, whether it is with sin, as we've confessed, or whether it is with heartache, as many during on Mother's Day are remembering loss, um, let us all together with one voice put our hope in the coming promise of the coming promised land that those who have followed, who have trusted and repented from their sins and followed Christ have to look forward to. Would you stand to your feet and let's sing this together. I am back. I am back. I am back. 
That's good news. Amen. Amen. Let's make this our prayer. We go into a time of hearing from God's word that Christ would be clear in all that we hear. Let's sing this together. Your word down deep in us. 
Turn your copy of God's Word or into your devices to Isaiah chapter 2. It's page 601 in the pew Bibles that are in front of you if you want to follow along and the translation that I'm about to read from. Today we're continuing our series that we started last week through the first 12 chapters of Isaiah, a message that God had given Isaiah to different kings throughout the, the kingdom of Judah uh, to call God's people back to himself. Today we have, a, really today and next week, we have a special vision of, uh, in, uh, of several that God had given Isaiah. Today we're going to look at how the end times impact our now times. How the Lord gives us knowledge of the end so that we may be faithful today. 
Let's look and read together. We're going to actually read just to let you know. I'm going to read the whole chapter. And I, I was trying to bake, break it up, but there was just too much uh, that I wanted to get into. So we're going to read it all up front, and then I'm going to, we're going to hit on some things as we go today. So let's begin, and we'll read in verse 1 of chapter 2. The vision that Isaiah, son of Amoz, saw concerning Judah and Jerusalem. In the last days, the mountain of the Lord's house will be established at the top of the mountains, and will be raised above the hills. All nations will stream to it, and many peoples will come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob. He will teach us his ways, so that may, we may walk in his paths. For instruction will go out of Zion, and the word of the Lord from Jerusalem. He will settle disputes among the nations and provide arbitration for many peoples. They will beat their swords into plows. They will spears will turn to pruning knives. The nation will not take up sword against nation, and they will never again train for war. House of Jacob, come and let us walk in the Lord's light. For you have abandoned your people, the house of Jacob, because they are, all, are full of div divination from the east and of fortune tellers like the Philistines. They are in league with foreigners. Their land is full of silver and gold, and there's no limit to their treasures. Their land is full of horses, and there is no limit to their chariots. Their land is full of idols. They worship the work of their hands and what they, their fingers have made. So humanity is brought low, and each person is humble. Do not forgive them. Go into the rocks and hide in the dust for the terror of the Lord and from his majestic splendor. The pride of mankind will be humbled and the human loftiness will be brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted on that day. For a day belonging to the Lord of armies is coming against all that is proud and lofty. Against all that is lifted up, it will be humbled. Against all the cedars of Lebanon, lofty and lifted. Against the oaks of Banjo. Bashan, against the high mountains, against the lofty hills, against the high tower, against every fortified wall, against every ship of Tarshish, and against every splendid sea vessel. The pride of mankind will be brought low, and the human loftiness will be humbled. The Lord alone will be exalted on that day. The idols will vanish completely. People will go into the caves of the rocks, the holes of the ground, away from the terror of the Lord, from his majestic splendor, when he rises to terrify the earth. On that day, people will throw their silver and gold idols, which they made to worship, into the moles and the bats. They will go into the caves of the rocks and the crevices of the cliffs, away from the terror of the Lord and from his majestic splendor, when he rises to terrify the earth. Put no more trust and mere human who has only breath in his nostrils what is he really worth let us pray heavenly father we ask you lord as we have sung and we have prayed show us your son jesus all of scripture is about him and about the glory that comes from the gospel and god i pray that as you speak to us today that you would humble us change our hearts so that we might be more like your son Jesus it's in his name we pray amen you know it's uh, interesting how we all act differently when we know that there's a special event 
or there's a special trip coming up. There's some of us that we know this special event or trip is coming and we get excited right away. We can't sleep. We're, some, of the, some of us are packing. We get everything organized, laid out. We've got the itinerary ready to go. We are just pumped and excited for that day to come. And then there's others of us that we know that that trip is coming but we know we've got so many other things to do that we don't really even think about it till the day before you know we make sure we at the last minute pack we throw enough undies into the bag to make sure we got covered and then we just go we just get it done because we know that that day has finally come this is much like the attitude of many Christians when it comes to thinking about the end times. There are many Christians who think, boy, I am looking forward to what the Lord has in store for us and, and, and daily and weekly think of the magnificent future that God has prepared. And these believers know that this is a, a precious gift to us, to the God, from God to let us know that he will bring victory and great good news of, of heaven, that that heaven is truly our home. And we are excited about that. And then there are some believers who rarely even think about it, who ever talk about it, and just assume everything's just going to work itself out in the end. But brothers and sisters, the Bible encourages us as believers that knowing about our future victory in Christ impacts our life today because it encourages us to endure everything that we might be going through as a believer today, knowing there's hope in the future, and it also humbles us to know that the things of this world are temporary and gives us the right knowledge of how much weight we should put on this world. This magnificent chapter in, in Isaiah is a vision that he saw concerning the last days. The Bible reveals plainly that we are now in the last days, that we have been ever since Jesus Christ came to earth. As the New Testament writers spoke and talked, they looked and know that, that there is a day coming soon and they always had this fresh anticipation now that Jesus had come, that that day of the Lord was coming at any minute. We know that we're in the final phase of the magnificent redemptive plan of God that he conceived before the foundation of the world. That he has saved us through his son and one day will gather us all through his son to his experience heaven forever. And brothers and sisters, if that don't get you excited, your wood is wet. That should ex excite all of us to know that all of us saved and kept in the house of the Lord will be his forever. This reality helps change us how we see everyday life. So maybe you're here today and you're going through a trial that one that you are having a hard time enduring, wondering where God is. Well, God is saying through this vision to Isaiah, press on, believer, because there are better days in store. Maybe you, like many of us, 
have fallen so deeply in love with this world that you need to be reoriented to the things that are truly valuable are not of this world, but of the treasures of heaven. So Christians, when we read our Bible, we get to read the glorious good news of the future hope of Christ, and today we get to live in that hope. So today, as we read this passage, we see that there are three benefits we see we receive as having a biblical view of eternity. So if you're taking notes on your phone or on the piece of paper, number one, a view of eternity gives us a new hope. A view of eternity gives us a new hope. If you read verses two through five, you see that there's this precious vision of what a new hope is restored to God's people. The idea that is mentioned here is in verse 2 is that the, and the mountain of the Lord's house will be established. Well, what is this mountain? What is this temple? What is this house? Well, if you read different Bible-believing Christians, you can come up with different things. But some see this as uh, the, the uh, origins being the, the house bit, built by Solomon, the, the temple of the Lord that will be established forever. Some look and read this to see that this is the temple that will one day be Jesus' eternal or, or millennial reign. Hebrews 12, says, uh, Instead, you have come to Mount Zion, the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem, to myriads of angels, a festive gathering. Many see this and read this to say that, no, this is speaking of an eternal home. That these verses speak of, of one that is a, a turnabout of value, a temple, that God's house in the future. As a matter of fact, it speaks even more clearly if you read in context that what is this home? It is the home of those being established through the preaching of the gospel and being saved by Christ that we will be held in God's house for eternity. John 14, 2, what does Jesus say? My, in my Father's house, there are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you because I'm going to prepare a place for you. It is this house, it is this wonderful good news, this, this message of the gospel that saves, the one in which all those who place their faith and trust in Jesus Christ will be welcome to for all of eternity. And it is this message of redemption that draws people as it is streaming like a river to come to worship this Christ who gave his life for us. This is, this is the vision that Isaiah says that he says that the nations are streaming to it in verse 3. That the, the nations from every tribe language, people, and nation are being drawn to it to worship the true Savior. You know, scientists have proven and shown recently that birds have, 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 have a biological magnetic ability to know the poles. And when they're migrating, they, 
know which way safety is. They know when it is to migrate and when it is to go there, to when weather patterns, that they know that they are pulled there. Brothers and sisters in Christ, when we have received the Holy Spirit, we are drawn to the truth of the King who has conquered sin and death, and it draws us to worship Him, and in that day, we will be drawn to His house to praise His name, that all of us who have been saved by the name of Jesus, who have trusted in Christ, the true sacrifice of the Lamb, who have received forgiveness of sins, we are pulled towards that house to worship Him forever and ever, and we will bow down and praise His name for all that He has done. And we will be there with every brother and sister and all of eternity who have been saved from every inch of the earth, from every tribe, nation, people, and tongue. And we will all sing, glory is the lamb who was slain. And we will bow down and worship. Revelation paints this picture for us. Uh, in chapter 21, he says, the city does not need the sun or the moon to shine because the glory of God illuminates, illuminates it and the lamp is the lamb. And the nations will walk by its light and the kings of the earth will bring glory into it and the gates will never close by day because it will never be night there and they will bring glory and honor of the nations into it. Isaiah got a glimpse of this. Oh, brothers and sisters, what a day that we will experience not by a vision but by reality. Look at the impact that it will have. In verse 4, he says that it will settle disputes among the nations, that, that, that swords will turn into plows and spears into pruning knives, that nations will no longer war. Brothers and sisters, there is a promise to this day when God creates a new heaven and an earth that the world will be changed and peace will come and warring nations will cease and all will be made new. Isn't that glorious news? Because that is the peace and the hope of every believer. The things that are warring within us, sin will be wiped away. Things that we are fighting against and relationships and pressures in this world will be all cast away. The, the, the pain of sickness and death will be forever gone. And we will be at peace in the house of the Lord. Today, believer, if you're going through a difficult season, maybe you need to hear this, that a view of eternity gives us a new hope gives us hope for right now you might be enduring a trial or you might be going through a temptation and Satan you is using that to, to say to you this is never going to end you're always going to be stuck you might as well give up because there's never going to be any relief for you you are just stay there and suffer God with a big megaphone is telling you, oh, Satan is a liar because there's a glorious day coming. Everything you are experiencing now is but a vapor and but a moment. Endure, Christian. 
carry on. I am with you, and I will not leave you. If you're here today and you're far from God, I hope this you hear this and read this and you take heart because you may admit today the destruction that you are experiencing in your life due to sin. You may have not been able to come or piece together by worldly philosophies what hope is experienced or grounded in will look no further because the only hope that we have is through Jesus Christ. And the only hope that we have for peace is through his son and the glorious gospel he has given us. And today, you may find yourself far from God, but right now, you can put your faith in Jesus and be in his house. And you can be home. Trust in him today. Trust in him today. Repent of your sins. Believe on Christ and what he's done. And you can be home. Number two, a view of eternity gives us humility. Now, I'm not going to read all those verses. You might get scared. You see that reference at the end. I'm not going to read all that. But verses 6 through 21, God succinctly raises up everything that man puts his hope in and says that in the same day that we have hope, God is going to put all of humanity's pride and trust and put it to rubble. That there is going to be an end and the reality for those who do not trust God, they're going to see everything they've put their hope in decimated. So this prophecy goes on to see that in this day, the day of the Lord, of the day of judgment, that the reality for those who, don't tr- who do not trust God and really the reality of us, those of us who are believers who have been captivated by this world are we're going to see all of those were worthless. Isaiah chapter 2 verse 12. For the day of belonging to the Lord of armies is coming against all that is proud and lofty. Against all that is lifted up will be humbled. There is a terror coming to those who do not fear God. That God in righteous judgment will pour out his punishment for those who have disobeyed and rejected him, but also tear down all things that are not eternal. Verse 10 and 11 says, go into the rocks, hide in the dust from the terror of the Lord because the pride of mankind will be humbled and human loftiness will be brought low. The Lord alone will be exalted on that day. What is the Lord saying to us? He is saying, look, on that day, you might as well hide if you are not in me because everything's going to be reduced to dust. This is a, a common refrain over in Amos. It says, woe to you who long for the day of the Lord. What will the day of the Lord be for you? It will be darkness and not light. It will be like a man who flees from a lion only to have a bear confront him. He goes home and rests his hand against the wall only to have a snake bite him. 
Won't the day of the Lord be darkness rather than light, even gloom without any brightness in it? What is it that God is telling? Oh, there will be great judgment, but there is going to be a great humbling of us all. Because all the things that we run to and want to grab hold of for safety, for satisfaction, for peace, will be gone. And only he will be standing. God will peel away and destroy the earth, showing all of us that the world is just a vapor, temporary, or as Paul put it, worthless dung. Yet all of us at one time, we know that we value things on this earth more than we do God. We're distracted by success, pleasures. We lose sight in the only true satisfaction that can be found in God. And by tearing it all away, God will show us that those idols that we have built in our hearts and in our lives are worthless. All the kingdoms that we have built for ourselves will disappear. And one by one, if you go through verse 7 and verse 8, the land is full of silver and golds. The, the land is full of idols. And you go down further, the, the, the uh, Lord of armies will cut down the cedars of Lebanon, which were a great produce, the oaks of Bashan, the, the high mountains, the lofty hills, the ships of Tarshish, which will go, the trade routes. Everything that we value will be gone. And we will learn the lesson. As C.S. Lewis, Lewis puts it, aim at heaven and you will get earth thrown in. Aim at earth and you will get neither. On that day, we will see that if we've put our trust and faith in this world, it will be a true lesson of humility. Have you ever had something that breaks? Something that a value that you loved and cared for? Or a trip that has fallen through, or a relationship that crashes to the ground, you know that pain that grips your heart when that falls through. And if we're honest, sometimes we get to the point that we react almost like a toddler when they've seen something that they didn't even know existed three seconds earlier. And they pick it up and hold it and then you want to take it away from them and they scream and cry. In the same way we react when we hold on to the things of this world and we put so much value into it. Proper biblical view of, of the future helps us to understand humility and holding loosely to the things that the world values. This keeps our hearts from being swept up by things that won't last. Think about how often we waste our time streaming that next show when we spend so little time reading our Bibles. Think of the things that we fear in man of speaking against us or thinking a certain thing against us that speaks to us, that we fear man so much that we keep from telling the wondrous good news of Jesus and sharing the gospel. 
Think of the busyness that we put into our frivolous things of the world that keep us from being committed to the church, to not participating in small groups or volunteering or serving when there is a need. The Lord will humble us all. Just as the Lord ensured that Babel's builders are ultimately frustrated, that Jericho's walls came tumbling down, and the Titanic proves that it is unsinkable, God will destroy, uh, demonstrate that in history, all in the future, none will stand but him and his kingdom. we will see that just how shakable the things that we have made and value. As Charles Spurgeon says, one of the greatest works of grace in the heart is to humble our pride. And God will do that one day. But brother and sister, why do we need to wait to learn that lesson? We don't need to wait till then to see all these things tumble away. We know already that they aren't lasting. These things that we are holding up as idols, how are we valuing these things more important in this world? So brother and sister, what are those things to you? What are the things that you are keeping to yourself? What time that you spend? Your money, your priorities. What are these things that you know that you're spending and valuing more than the things of God? This week in your life groups, speak to one another, talk to to each other, admit the things that you are valuing of this world more than you value of God. In your quiet times this week, repent to the Lord. Come to him and lay those idols and destroy them and say, God, help me, flee from these so that I don't value these more than I do you. Because when we see a proper view of eternity, number three, a view of eternity allows us to trust God. It allows us to trust God. Verse 22, put no more trust in a mere human who has only breath in its nostrils. What is he really worth? Our self-confidence unfortunately keeps us from walking in the light of the Lord. So God calls us to take a bold step. Brother, sister, he is calling you to take a bold step this morning. The greatest need of man is to reject man to no longer put your trust in yourself or humanity. What is this reference to breath in nostrils here? Well, it's a reminder that we are creatures and there is a creator, that he is more valuable, that he is the sustainer. He is the one that we should put the most value in, all of our value in, because he created all the things that we try to run around and follow after. Isaiah 42, later in the book, it says, This is what God the Lord says, who created the heavens and stretched them out, who spread out the earth and what comes from it, who gives breath to the people on it and the spirit to those who walk on it. He is neither 
we do not have an independent right or a sure stake other than the gift of life that God has given us. The breath implies the giver and points us to the wisdom of trusting rather than looking at ourselves for life. So brother, sister, stop trusting and yourself and your own righteousness. Stop trusting that you might be able to be religious enough, to be good enough, to be perfect enough to be saved from God. We know the gospel is this, that it is not in our works, but only a gift of God. So quit trying to earn it yourself. Trust in the one who gives salvation alone. Stop trusting in your own efforts to keep yourself safe. We know that as much as we can do, we, we know that it is God who gives safety. It is God who grants us each day. Stop trusting in human wealth and gold and silver. We know that it is God who owns a cattle on a thousand hills who provides and gives for us, that it is him that we honor. Stop trusting in human pleasures. Understand that the only satisfying thing and trust that we can come into is God himself. So turn your back on every idol that clamors for the highest place in your heart. Repent of these false gods and ask yourself, do you believe there's an enough glory in God to make you happy forever? Is there enough that you can be satisfied in God and what you have found in him? The gospel promises that his glory will remake the whole world. So stop valuing the idols that we will only lose. Learn to enjoy God. The triumph of his glory will show you that you will be more than happy and satisfied enough in him. Seeing what Jesus has accomplished on the cross and the empty tomb, how can human achievement even compare to this? So it's time that we level the lofty places and the high erected idols of human pride. That we realize the, the values that we come from, even the, the, the simple things of Olympic gold medals, Nobel Prizes, Fortune 500 lists, World Series and Super Bowl championships, mighty emperors, ridiculous Oscar and Emmy winners, all of those things are rubbish. And every other thing that we might try to value, level them all. Because God will one day. The Lord Jesus alone will be exalted. Therefore, brother and sister, why not exalt him now? Exalt him in your life. Live for him today. Live for him tomorrow. Trust in him alone. The future helps us to see now with clear vision. God has called us to, to impact the world with the gospel, to live faithfully for him, to love our neighbors, to love each other, to love the church. All these things are way more valuable than anything that we try to put our hope in.
God has given you jobs. Why not use it for his glory? God has put you in the school. Why not use that to further his kingdom? Look at this world again with new eyes and a new plan and a new way that glorifies God in all of it instead of trying to receive glory from this world. Brother, sister, when we get a new awareness of eternity, it frees us today. I challenge you to look at the glorious future God is creating for us and live faithfully for him today. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we are thankful for your word and this reminder, a hope to those who need it, a challenge to those to live by it, an encouragement for all of us to run to the hope of the gospel. I pray for those who are here who are confused by salvation, by trying to live for you by ourselves or gaining forgiveness through our own religiosity or, or work. I pray that we would not be we would not be confused by this, but only turn to your son, Jesus Christ. By faith can we be saved. God, I pray for all of us that we need to repent of any idols or false things that we know who have taken root in our heart, whether it be at the attention of our family members, the love of entertainment or wealth, all these things that tempt us to run away from you. Instead, let us run to you first and seek your kingdom. We ask this today in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. May we take the next few minutes together as we sing and humble ourselves because of who we have been and exalt the one who has redeemed us in Christ. Would you stand to your feet and let's sing. I spent in vanity and pride, caring not my Lord was crucified, knowing not it was for me he died on Calvary. By God's word at last my sin I learned. And I trembled at the lull I'd spurned Till my guilty soul imploring turned to Calvary There your mercy and your grace was free There your pardon multiplied to me there my burden so found liberty at Calvary. Now I've given Jesus everything. Now I gladly know him as my king. Now my raptured soul can only sing of Calvary. and your grace was free there your pardon multiplied to me there my burden so found liberty 
mercy and your grace was free. There your pardon multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty at Calvary. salvation's plan Oh the grace that brought it down to man Oh the mighty gulf that God did span at Calvary There your mercy and your grace was free There your pardon multiplied to my burden so found liberty at Calvary. There your mercy and your grace was free. There your pardon multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty at Calvary. And your grace was free. There your pardon multiplied to me. There my burden so found liberty at Calvary. There my burden so found liberty. If you uh, would like to know more about Christ and how His grace can come to you, I'll be out at the uh, Next Steps desk. I'd love to talk to you there. If you'd like to know more about baptism or church membership, I'd love to talk to you about that. But aren't you grateful for the grace that comes through Jesus Christ? And one day, glorious heaven that will be. Amen? A couple quick things before we leave. First of all, new members class, if you're interested, you've been visiting and like to know more about the vision and work of, at Hebrew Baptist Church, it'll be May 18th and 25th. Um, join our membership class here. It is also a, a requirement for church membership, so if you have not p- taken part in that and would like to join, and you need to take part in that, if you go to the Next Steps desk, they will give you some paperwork and a book that you need for that class uh, it is the 18th and 25th at 6.30 to 8, and we hope that you'll join us. So it's in two Wednesdays, uh, and you need to be at both of them to complete the, the class, so we hope that you can be part of that. Uh, also, next, Wednesday, uh, sorry, next Sunday, we'll have a business meeting. We have a short agenda uh, that we will uh, have for you, and uh, we hope that you will uh, stay afterwards for that. Uh, in three Sundays, no, two, two Sundays, 
uh, our 60th anniversary, uh, so we are looking forward to that. We hope that you will uh, be here for that Sunday. Uh, we're looking forward to what uh, we get to celebrate, all that God has done through the history of Hebron Baptist Church. Part of that history is that we've sent out missionaries, the Richard family, who is now in Argentina. On a Tuesday night, we will be having a Zoom, an all-church Zoom with them as we get an update from them. So if you'd like to participate in that, uh, let us know. Um, but actually, you don't need to let us know. We're going to send out a link that you can join, um, but that will be the 19th. It's a Thursday night at 8 o'clock. I think I said Tuesday before, but it's Thursday at 8 o'clock, May 19th. Uh, you'll love hearing about all that God is doing and a challenge from them how we might join them in prayer. Also, before you leave, if you've not volunteered to help in a vacation Bible school, we still need a few more guides and some other uh, things. Our, our snack area is good, so, but we do still need some guides to help walk kids around from station to station. So if you've not participated in Bible school, we need you to participate. If you've never done it, we'll put you with someone so you know what to do. But we hope that you'll help us as we reach 150 or more kids in our community with the gospel. So we hope you'll be part of that. Today, there is no gospel to every home uh, because of uh, Mother's Day, so you enjoy your families today. Uh, and, and mothers, as you leave today, hopefully you've stopped by our gift desk. But in there, there is uh, some journals that you can use. Uh, there's four different covers. There's the Trinity, the Gospel, the Church, and the Bible. I think there's different covers uh, that have different part of a creed on there. But it's a great a little just blank notebook. Maybe you use it for your D groups or Maybe use it for your journaling or prayer list or whatever you want to use it for. Uh, but that is our gift for you today. Thanks for being here today. And may you go with the name of Jesus and God's grace be with you. Goodbye.